I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Friday, June 7, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. There is a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. I don't even know where to begin. Yes, I do. We're going to begin at the beginning. We're going to go through everything. We're going to go through some of the reasons why the market actually powered higher than we've been discussing. What were the telltale signs? What's the telltale sign going forward? What's the outlook going forward? What's the sentiment going forward? What's the sentiment right now? I have a gauge for that. It's data-driven, and it's very, very specific, and it's completely proprietary. I'm going to give it to you in this video. We don't really need much of a recap tonight. Everybody knows where we are. We had a melt-up. We had a short squeeze. There was panic buying going on. The phony jobs number was a spark. It was a perfect excuse for them to send the market higher. That's what they did. They sent the market higher than I thought they would even send the market. But here's what we've been saying. The overhead resistance was 285.50. Could they get up to and spike through the 50-period moving average? Yes, they could. There's a lot of overhead resistance up here. Well, here we are. How much higher can we go? Well, we'll talk about that. We always have to look at both sides of the market. And we will absolutely do that. So check this out. Several days ago, we began discussing the fact that when the market does bottom, and it was always going to bottom this week, we didn't know for sure that it was going to bottom on Monday, it could have been Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, this week should have been and was obviously a bottom. Now, off the bottom, we said you're going to see 75 to 120 handles in the S&P pretty rapidly. Well, guess what? From the low on Monday to the high today, we're up over 150 handles in five trading days. Is that a normal or an abnormal market? That's not a normal garden variety market. That is indicative of a counter trend rally. They're hard, they're sharp, they're fast, they're short covering rallies, they're panic buying scenarios. Let me give you a case in point just to put in perspective where we are. September 2018 into October 2018, the market starts to correct. Look at the type of counter trend rallies we had in the midst of the decline. So for example, the first real rip your face off rally comes in from here, this low, up to this high, and it may not look like it on the chart, but when you measure it out, the low here you'll see is 259.85, we'll say 260. The high right here is 281.22. That's over 20 points in the SPY. That's over 200 S&P handles. And then you can see it happened again. So while these type of counter trend rallies are not normal in normal markets, they are normal in correction markets. We're back on present day. And you can see if you think back, and you look back at the actual videos over the last several days, the market may have gone just a little bit above the 50-period moving average, but we are not surprised it got to and through the 50-period moving average. It closed above there. That's bullish. 
And I'll tell you what else is bullish. We don't need these lines anymore. We're going to give these a break. We don't really need any of them. Let's clean up the chart. We're going to have a fresh start from where we are. And here's the best part. Nothing has changed. Remember, what we also said a few times is we've got to close a few times more than once above the 50 period moving average to convince me that the market's going significantly higher and this is the beginning of another rally leg higher especially to new highs today it was day one okay let's see the market prove itself on monday and or tuesday maybe it will it can in fact let's take a look at something else we're going to look at the weekly chart but before I do, I want to make mention of something. I want to make sure everybody has an understanding of what this phrase means. We're looking for a top. That can mean a variety of different things to a variety of different people. And it's evidence by some of the messages that I got throughout the day today. We'll get back to that later. Before we do, let's go over to the weekly chart and take a look at a reversal candle. So we do have a weekly reversal. There's no doubt about the fact that this was a weekly reversal candle. It is what it is. Whether we have a bearish or a bullish stance, that was a very, very strong reversal on the weekly chart. Remember this over here? This was always a big deal to me, and it's still a big deal. And now we've recaptured the recapture. So as far as the weekly chart is concerned... We have a double top, we have a sell-off from a double top, and now we have a weekly reversal candle right back above all the moving averages. We have to take that for what it is. That's bullish. Now, some of you will say, well, how can we be on one hand saying that chart is bullish, and on the other hand, we're looking for a top? Remember, we have to separate the different types of time frames that we're looking at or referring to. So, for example, when we look at a weekly chart, each candle is a week long, so it takes a long time for those charts to develop. A lot happens in the middle of the week until that candle closes. So the market does a lot of stuff until the weekly candle is set, ready, and closed. When we go back to the daily chart, we look at it from a fractal of the weekly chart. We look at it from a shorter duration perspective and we say, well, we're naturally into a lot of overhead resistance. We just busted through the 50 period moving average. A. B, we're very, very close now to another big fat round number of 2,900 in the S&P or 290 in the SPY. Can we get there? Sure we can. It's not that far away. Another gap higher on Monday and boom, you'll be there. They'll bust through. They'll go back and forth for a while. And it'll get all the rest of the people who weren't yet bullish on board. And that's the way the market works. We talk about it all the time. We talked about it the other day. We talked about the phases of these types of markets. Now, here's the proprietary indicator. Here's the sentiment indicator. And before I go over this, here's the qualifier. I could be 110% wrong. We could be going to new highs beginning on Monday. I don't think we are, but we could be. I'm well aware that I can be wrong. I'm well aware that I have been wrong and that I'm well aware I will be wrong in the future. So let's just lay that out on the table. 
I'm giving you my thought process on what I think is the highest probability scenario going forward. Stay with me. There's a lot of stuff in here. So back to the proprietary indicator. So I got a flood of emails today all day long. My inbox looked like an absolute junkyard. And you all know what that means. It's not a stab at any one particular email. In fact, I love when this happens because it gives me something to chew on. Let me show you the last time it happened. Well, it actually happened here and then it happened here. Okay, so up here, everybody thought we were going to continue to new highs. We were going to continue making new highs forever. And then over here, everybody thought the market was going to collapse. And there were a few people out there that were looking for a low. We were looking for a low. Let me show you where else this took place. And what I'm about to show you will make sense in a moment. Took place here. We were looking for a bottom, right? We were looking for a bottom for a few days. We didn't know exactly where it was going to come in, but we had numbers. They kept hitting numbers, and then they kept bouncing off of them, and then they would continue to the next number. Finally, we found final destination, but we knew from a time perspective, we were looking for a low. Well, right now, we're still looking for a high, but guess what? Each and every one of those lines that I just drew at those critical prices on the upside and the downside, those lines coincided with the same email flood. Not necessarily to the day, but usually within a day or two, most people realize it happened again. They just got sucked in again. Will it happen this time? Maybe. We'll find out next week. A couple of other things on this chart. Where did we open the day today? If I slide this over, you'll see that we opened the day today. Here's the opening print, 285.93. We opened above the gap that was resistance yesterday. That's important. It was a gap and go. If we go down to a 10-minute chart, you'll see what happened. It was a gap and go. And then we went sideways for the remainder of the day after making an early high. How many people do you think bought the market here and here early in the day thinking that they were missing the boat, they had to run as fast as they could to hop on the freight train? Well, the fact that I've been around the block or have been to this rodeo, movie, read this book before, I know what the thought process is. So what do I do? And I'm not going to bore you with the gory details today, but in the mid-morning session, we see what's going on. We see it's a melt-up. So I want to remind traders, don't chase the market. You just take it for what it is. If they went without you, if you were not a participant, then you don't run after it. It is what it is. There's always another trade around the corner. And here's a picture of the hourly chart. Why do I say don't chase because I know the 80-20 rule is the market's not going to just take off and go up another 20 or 30 handles 80% of the time. 20% it might, and I might have been wrong, but 80% of the time, the market's going to find its high for the day somewhere around that morning session, maybe into lunchtime, and then it's going to just drift around, potentially have a spike at the end of the day, but at some point, People show up to take some profit. One more thing on that gap higher this morning, over and above what was resistance yesterday, it was that 285.50, it was the gap. 
When we gapped above that, when the market can't get through a certain area, we talk about this all the time, doesn't matter whether it's below, whether it's up north. When the market has trouble, and it didn't really have too much trouble, it just tried it one time, was yesterday. I'm just saying, generally speaking, when the market can't trade through something, beat through it, candle after candle after candle, another way that it accomplishes the goal is to just jump right over it, and there you have it, we had a gap and go. Before we move on to the other charts, I'll mention this, which I've also mentioned a few times earlier in the week, which is... When it feels really, really right, it's generally wrong. And when it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. We'll all chew on that one for a while and see what happens. Not lost on me, though. That is one heck of a weekly reversal candle. Always look at both sides, all sides, all charts of the market. Here's a monthly chart. This month has a long way to go. We'll see what happens by the end of June what this candle looks like. Maybe it's a total reversal and we're at new highs. Maybe it's lower than we are now. We don't know. I'm just speculating. I'm saying the monthly chart hit the 20 period moving average and bounced off of it. From a monthly chart perspective, there is still a very, very strong uptrend intact. See how everything changes depending on what chart you're looking at? I love the emails and messages I get saying, why can't you just tell us where the market's going to be tomorrow? What's all that nonsense about? I wish it was that easy. Let's go over to Camp IWM and see what's doing over here. What's doing over here is not much different than was doing the last few days. We are still in a totally different position in the IWM than we are on many other charts. We'll get to the transports. That's really in the same position as this. But the IWM, yeah, we got through today, but was rejected at the 20-period moving average. We have not yet been able to close above or back above the 20-period moving average. Take notice of the fact that the IWM today was up about three-quarters of 1%. The SPY was up over 1%. The other markets were up over 1%. NASDAQ composite leading the way up over 1.6%. My favorite market leading indicator was not leading the market to the upside. Does it have to be right 100% of the time? No, it doesn't. But it generally doesn't fail us. This is a divergence. And until and unless one or the other market catches up with the diverging market, then I stick with the 80-20 rule. And right now... The IWM is not confirming higher prices coming across all the markets. Just taking it for what it is. How about a comparison of the weekly chart of the IWM against the weekly chart of the SPY? The weekly chart of the SPY had a very nice and strong reversal and is still in a completely different position than the weekly chart of the IWM. We had a nice reversal week in the IWM, certainly, but look where we are below all those moving averages. There is a lot of work to be done if the repair job is going to take place in the IWM. I'll tell you one thing that's interesting. When you look at this weekly chart, remember this pivot that we closed below? We hit it this week, then we closed below it last week, and now we've recaptured it this week. 
I always thought that was an important price, and apparently the market wasn't necessarily happy with being below that price. It's interesting, it's of note, it's a puzzle piece, it's on the table, and it's actually next to the puzzle piece of the weekly chart of the SPY. While we're at it, how about the monthly chart of the IWM? That's not necessarily a bullish chart. And that's just what my mind's eye said. I can't tell you whether on this chart, just looking at it, whether the IWM is going to rally up to the 20-period moving average or drop to the 50-period moving average. There's no way to know that just looking at this chart. That's not what makes it one thing or the other. It's just... One of those situations where I'm just giving you the first thing that came to mind is that's not a bullish chart. That's a chart that's working its way lower over time. This is a monthly chart. Every candlestick is one month. It takes a long time for the monthly charts to develop. How about the VIX? We can throw the VIX in the small bucket of divergences that we have. Markets are up across the board and the VIX is up over 2%. We can make up half a dozen reasons why that may or may not be bullish or bearish. It doesn't really matter. All we need to know is we never broke below those moving averages we discussed yesterday. We discussed them the day before that and the day before that. We discussed that if the VIX ever got below 15 into the 14s, 14 and a half in that neighborhood, it would likely be a buying opportunity. We never got through 15 on the south side. And it will be interesting to see what happens. Here's what we're going to do with the VIX. That's your bogey. Any close below that low right there. The number is 1442. Any close below there and your S&P 500 is in the 1900s. And it's likely 40, 50 handles above where it closed out Friday. It always leaves traders scratching their head when the VIX finishes up on a day when the stock market was a gap and go. Transportation department looks very similar to the IWM. Now, it can certainly trade higher, but how much work is involved to get up through 10,500 and beyond? A lot of work. It's unlikely to happen anytime soon. Again, This is my second favorite market leading indicator, and it looks like my first favorite market leading indicator. I see the market on one side, but I can't ignore my indicators on the other. These aren't your garden variety indicators that you buy for $99. These work. What's doing out in Silicon Valley? What a tremendous move for the Qs today, up over 2%. Again, this is the crowded trade scenario. Same thing on the way down, same thing back on the way up. Everybody's rushing in, rushing out together. Where are the queues headed? If they're headed higher, if we're going higher into early next week, we're looking at the 50-period moving average, which is also slightly above a gap. So around that 183 to 183.5 is a target. It is a potential destination if markets are trading higher into early next week. A lot of overhead resistance up there. How about the XLF? This is definitely in the bucket of, in fact, it's the team captain in the bucket of divergences. First, we know we got back above all the moving averages. So from a daily chart perspective, it's very hard to look at this and say 
It's bearish. It's rolling over. We're headed lower. You just can't. Weekly chart, big week. Look where we got back to. We got back above all those moving averages. One week below, the next week back above. Technically speaking, it is a reversal of the breakdown below the moving averages. That's bullish. The XLF would still have to recapture 27.5 to really make some rip-roaring noise. But if that happens, if we're up in that area, we're having a simultaneous discussion about higher stock prices or higher equity market prices across the board at the time. And we're also having a discussion that the entire time the XLF was the canary in the coal mine for the bullish market. That's a hypothetical, but remember what happened several days ago. We never broke down. We reversed. We got right back above these moving averages. We always talk about the financials. We talk about how the fact if they're not breaking down, it's unlikely you're going to see a collapse in the market. And therefore, the other side is true. You're unlikely to get a runaway bull market without participation from the financials. But if the financials are moving up, it may not be the end-all be-all, but it has to be a puzzle piece. It has to be on the table. It has to be part of the analysis because the XLF or the financial sector makes up such a large part of the S&P 500. SMH, this is the exchange-traded fund that tracks the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Anything new here? No, everything is pretty much in concert with everything else we've discussed. Where are they heading? If we continue higher, they're heading up into and through the 100-period moving average. We talked about these numbers the other day. In fact, we talked about higher numbers. We talked about one of the reasons why the SMH was finding support where it did. I should have bought this, saw this coming, we talked about it. I absolutely have to put on the schmuck shirt with this one. Q's were up big today, tech was up big today across the board. The big stuff was up big, not all of it, but a lot of it. Apple, Apple was up over five bucks today. Look where it is, up into what is normally, and this just makes common sense. This is natural overhead resistance not going to work 100 percent of the time but look what you went up into right here 200 period moving average you have a pivot high here and look where the high is is it on the penny not necessarily but from where it was just hours earlier is it just going to keep going up to 200 without a lunch break No, markets go one step at a time. Even in the midst of a melt-up, there's an end to an intraday rally most of the time. Not everything is going to start at one price and finish having been up every single candle, candle after candle after candle all day long. So Apple looked like the market. It ran up and then around that late morning area, took a lunch break, never went back to work. Probably had a liquid lunch. That's pretty common across the financial industry. Facebook, look at this tremendous move higher, $5.42 over 3% on Facebook. Where is it going to take a lunch break? Those of you that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader see two obvious or even three obvious areas right in front of us. If you're looking at this, you don't know where the resistance is. This looks like it's just going to keep going. This doesn't. You always have to look around the horn at as many charts as you can to get the clearest picture you can. How's Google doing? 
Is Google telling us that it's going to new highs anytime soon? No. Google is not necessarily telling us or is tracking the market. Google's chart is telling us there's a problem with Google. Facebook's chart is telling us there's a problem with Facebook. Unless Facebook recovers and at least gets back above the 100-day moving average and works its way higher back up into the other ones, this is a problem, child. That was a rapid reversal when you look at a weekly chart and you see in six weeks from breaking out to new all-time highs to getting back below all those three moving averages which are in an uptrend, staying below those moving averages will turn them down. It takes a while. This is a weekly chart. Each candle is a week. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of weeks. Facebook on the weekly chart doesn't look nearly as bad as Google. The Facebook defense has been out on the field. They've been working hard, and they've got this thing back above those moving averages. The bears were prying open that trap door, but the bulls shut it and knocked the bears right on their ass this week. What did they do here? Did they come down to test a former breakout area? How many times do you hear me say that? Amazon weekly chart? Nothing wrong here. Still above the moving averages. Really nice test and recovery. You have to tip your hat to Amazon. Chart is still intact. Can go higher. So you see, we look around the horn and depending on what chart you look at, you see something different. I'm just giving you what I see based on the chart that's in front of us. And that's all anybody should do. We never want to say, this chart looks like this because of this other vehicle. That's not the way it works. About the TLT, we've been looking at the TLT. Let's continue doing so. This was another big gap higher in the TLT. Doesn't look like much. It's only about 1%, but that's a big move for bonds in one day. So bonds running higher, interest rates running lower. Everybody thinks the Fed is going to have an easy money policy, and it looks like they will, but is that the reason the stock market is going up? It probably is the short-term reason, or it's at least the excuse. But the question is, did anything change? Did anything change from two weeks ago other than the current news cycle? But did the foundation of anything change? If the Fed is absolutely changing their stance and from a tightening stance to an easy money policy stance, we know why. They're being driven there by the fact that the market is telling them that's where it wants to go. However, and it always does, and that's the whole thing. The market does this over and over. The market is addicted to low interest rates. That's not a secret. We all know that. But is this really a situation where the Fed is absolutely going to flood the market with such a high level of liquidity that it's going to send stock prices up another 10 or 15%. Well, we're going to find out soon enough. And then you have gold on the rise. So you have bond prices rising, yields going lower. So money is running into the bond market. Where's it coming from? We don't know. We don't care. But it's running into the bond market. Gold. We took a look at gold. We discussed gold at length and everything remains the same. Gold still is on a breakout type of run here, well above these moving averages. It's not going to just keep going forever. It's got to take some kind of a coffee or lunch break pretty soon, but I'll be looking for an entry point. And with that, folks, 
I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.